You're listening to Enclave Community Church. For more information about Enclave, please visit us online at enclavecc.com. Today we're going to be in the book of John, chapter 15, verses 1 through 11. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me and my words in you, Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. For this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you that you are the vine dresser of our lives. You remove the things that need to be removed and prune the areas that need pruning so that we may bear fruit and that you will be glorified. We are so grateful that this is just one of the many ways you lovingly care for us. I just thank you for Carlton and his desire and willingness to be obedient and serve in the ways you've called him to serve. And I just pray that you open our eyes and our hearts so that we may receive what you have laid on his heart for him to share with us this morning. I thank you and ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. And Elder Jay, let's remember next Sunday to pray for the decanter family. Have them come forward, shall we? Yeah. That'll be good. Abide in my love. This is John chapter 15. And... I'm excited that uh, we can look at that together because uh, it'll be, uh, yeah, <clears throat> it's something that uh, 
we need for these days. As these days are difficult, challenging. And these, you might say, are some of Jesus' famous last words because this is the night before he dies. They carry great importance for us and we, we, we need to pause and let the Lord help us understand them. It's so important to understand words, so important. In 1971, there was a rock and roll song that came out. It was called One Toke Over the Line. The producers of the Lawrence Welk Show, a very traditional show of music from the 40s and 50s, saw in this song, in the verses, the words Jesus and Mary, and they figured it must be a gospel song. (laughs) So wanting to include a more current pop music to uh, encourage younger people, they put it on national TV. Even the singers didn't know what the word toke meant. I, even Google doesn't know. I put it in Google and it kept wanting me to, wanted to correct it by spelling it took. How many of you here know what the word toke means? Ah, a few of you, good, that's all right. We're not gonna come around and talk, in and talk to you individually, you know. <clears throat> Uh, I know it only because I grew up in the 60s and 70s. If you ask anything more about that from me, well, I'll claim, like Bill Clinton, I did not inhale. (laughs) Um, Now, for those of you who don't know what the word toke means, it, it means a puff on a marijuana cigarette. It's a drag and a joint. And you can imagine... Lawrence didn't probably know, Lawrence Wilk probably didn't know what that word is, but you can bet somebody probably lost their job (laughs) for this big boo-boo. Words are important to know, especially famous last words. Uh, Words spoken at the time of death, people are, we're always interested to know, what did somebody say just before they died? That's such a, always a a curious thing. Uh, And I think most of us know, at this time, the most famous last words were, oh, wow, oh, wow, oh, wow. Most of you know who that was. Steve Jobs, right? But here's some others. I want nothing but death. That was Jane Austen. Money can't buy life. Bob Marley. Speaking of toking. <clears throat> Either the wallpaper goes or I do. Oscar Wilde. A woman who can fart is not dead. (laughs) That was said by a nun. (laughs) You might say she passed before she passed. That's kind of bad humor. I'm bored with it all, Winston Churchill. But today we're going to look at the last words of Jesus, uh, some of them. Uh, final words before he died, and that means they are very important for us because once again we see the suffering servant king who thinks not of himself but of others and of us. He has had a special relationship with his disciples, and now he's sharing with them the last things he wants them to take with them in that relationship. To have a special relationship, It must be safe, secure, and something you're able to savor. This is what my Father in Heaven has given to me and my wife, Wendy. He he let me know after we got married that uh, 
this woman, the dearest, loveliest, iridescent Wendy, would be someone who I would be, I, I would be safe and secure and I could save her life with. And today I would like us to use that image and elevate it to our life with Jesus. Because that's what I think he's doing in this passage with these that are so close to him. In Christ, we are most safe, most secure, and most able to save our life because we are smack dab in the middle of his love. There is nothing more powerful than God's love. And Jesus wants us to live in it all the time. He begins in chapter 15, as you heard, shall we read, by the admonition, abide in me. That's in verse 4. And then as you, as you move down, you'll see in chapter, excuse me, in verse 11, he'll clarify it by saying, abide in my love. Or excuse me, that's verse 9. And that's where we're going to focus today. Abide in me and abide in my love. To abide in his love is to be safe. What is the place many people consider most safe? Well, I would think most of us here would say it's home, our home. Now, not everyone can say that. I probably could think of a lot of jokes about <laughs> how homes are not safe, but we won't go there. We'll just realize that for most of us, uh, home is the most safe place. I know for me, I can't wait to get home because when I get home, I do feel safe. It's just a wonderful place to be. But remember, Jesus had no home. He said, foxes have dens, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. He had no home, so where was he safe? He was safe in his Father and in his love. And so we go to verse 9, John 15, 9, and we see Jesus there beginning by saying, as the Father has loved me. The Father is the initiator of all love. It comes to Jesus and to us through the Holy Spirit. And Jesus was completely safe in his Father's love. He knew this. He lived it every day. In fact, he looked forward to uh, re-energizing himself in that every morning. Scripture says he goes out early and he was going out. We believe to pray. To be in his Father's presence. But it was to get directions for the day. Yes, and other things. But I believe mostly it was to be in his Father's love. Uninterrupted. Not hurried by all the things of the day. But there. The dearest and loveliest and most safe place that he could be. In his Father's love. It's a love that they have shared through all eternity. It's infinite. It is big. In fact, it's bigger than the universe. Please think about that for a moment. It's bigger than the universe because out of that love of the true triune God, Father, Son, and Spirit, out of that love and desire came the universe and all that's in it, which is you and I. A love that Jesus looked forward to entering every morning. It wasn't hard for him to get up in the morning. Because he knew that when he went out to be this father, he was going to be strengthened. He was going to be invigorated. He was going to be encouraged. He was going to be soothed. He was going to be prepared to go out and to abide in this love in that day. And there was a lot more that we 
can't understand about that right now, but he's given us a beginning. When we're in his world, we'll really understand. But to begin today, we must realize that Jesus wanted the disciples to see how he abided in the Father's love, as the Father has loved me. Matthew 7, 11, Jesus says, So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask him? And love is the greatest gift that he wants to give it. And in that love, of course, was his son. Out of all those things came all that we have in Christ. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Jesus loved us the way he saw the Father love him. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. God so loved that he gave. We are so loved and so safe. Jesus couldn't make it any more plain. To abide in his love not only means we're safe, but it also means we're secure. As a father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. Abide in my love. Jesus was giving this to the disciples just before he died, and just before they would probably face the greatest and darkest moment of their life. Because you see, on Saturday, they would gather together behind closed doors under the horror that the, the one who had been with, the one who had been, uh, the love that, he, uh, that they abided in was gone. And the authorities that had crucified him were now possibly coming after them. And they were frightened. I think it was, I think, I think it was probably the darkest day they would ever spend in their life. And you might say, well, what do you mean? These guys, they all went out and they suffered and were persecuted and were martyred. And yes, but... It was after the resurrection, after the coming of the Holy Spirit, after they began to really experience what it was like to abide in his love, you see. But on that, that day, that dark day, they were just beginning to understand what Christ had given to them. And he wanted them to understand that darkness, I believe, because later they would know they'd never have to face it again. Abiding in Jesus' love gives us a true and complete sense of security in face of whatever comes. When I was a boy and I first heard about life insurance, I thought, wow, putting money aside for life, something to help me out in the days ahead. I was shocked as a little boy when my dad's insurance agent explained to me that it really it was death insurance. And like a little boy, I couldn't help but ask, then why do you call it life? If I abide in my life, is security for life now and for life to come. John 13, 1. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come and to depart, come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them 
to the end. Not only were the disciples safe within him, but they were also secure to the end. <laughs> Jesus' love from the Father was the greatest security they had. It's the greatest security we have. It's greater than any army, any medicine, any wealth, any life insurance, any enemy. Abiding in the love of Jesus is infinitely greater than anything we face. Security beyond all security. Paul in Romans 8.31 kind of describes this best. And I think a lot of you have read this and know it and maybe have memorized it. Good for you. You should do that. That's good. But I'd like to read it to you in the message. This is a paraphrase of scripture by Eugene Peterson. And I like the way Eugene puts it there. So here's Romans 8.31, according to Eugene Peterson. None of this faces us because Jesus loves us. I'm absolutely convinced that nothing, nothing living or dead, angelic or demonic, today or tomorrow, high or low, thinkable or unthinkable, absolutely nothing can get between us and God's love because of the way that Jesus, our master, has embraced us. Romans 8, 31. His grace and his love is greater. It's greater than all we've lost, all we've suffered, all that we're about to lose or all that we're about to suffer. Will we abide in him? Will we remember that his love is bigger than the universe? Abide in me, Jesus says, and that's all the security you should really need. Oh, Lord, help us. <laughs> Please help us to get a hold of those words in our heart. Let them move from our brain to our heart, Jesus, so we can face every day. And then there's verse 10. Jesus says, if you keep my commandments, you abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. That verse is so packed full of good stuff, and I'm not going to talk about it today. I just don't have time. But I'm going to come back in two weeks, and I want to unwrap this gift with you because it's so important that we, we, we really work to understand what Jesus is talking about here, and, and we're not confused, and we're not uh, missing. Oh, how beautiful it is that he's given us a way, a wonderful, beautiful, simple way to understand how it is to abide in his love and stay abiding. So we'll move on to verse 11. To abide in Jesus' love is not only to be safe and secure, but it's also to be able to savor life. Verse 11. These things I have spoken to you, Jesus said, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. For Jesus to abide in his father lo Father's love was the most precious thing he had in the world. Think about that. People say, boy, he didn't have much. He had everything. And he had the most precious thing. And that is where he experienced his greatest joy. In his father's love. He could savor life because he abided in his father's love, which the father had given him, and now he gives to us. To savor is to taste or smell with pleasure, to relish, to delight in, and to enjoy. 
Imagine that living in a dark world filled with, and you're filled with joy. This is the life of Jesus on the earth. This is what Jesus wanted the, those with him to see, and now what he wanted them to have. This is the gospel. <laughs> this is the good news. Abide in Jesus, love, and we will save our life. When I moved to Modesto 35 years ago, uh, I had come uh, from pastoring a, a difficult little church, a couple different difficult little churches and um, inside the building was <clears throat> inside being inside that church building was not always the best thing but outside that church building there was a mimosa tree and I love to go and stand under it and enjoy the heavenly perfume and the beautiful sense of uh, of, of the Lord Lord's presence when things were dark and when I came to Modesto, um, it was the 4th of July weekend. I didn't really know anybody, and everybody was gone. And I remember driving down through downtown Modesto. It was deserted, fitting lonely and distant. I happened to see a mimosa tree in the middle of Modesto. I couldn't wait to stop and go over and stand under it. And there again was that beautiful heavenly aroma that savoring time of <clears throat> with the Lord. And then I realized the Lord was making a very good illustration and very much reaching out to remind me that I was abiding in his love. And I would always abide if I would turn to him and recognize that as a father gave him, he's giving me this love. And I would have this love at all times. And these blossoms were just a wonderful little reminder and I was, I was so comforted by that. Those are things that I just can't forget. And in fact, I can't forget them so much that I planted a mimosa, mimosa tree in my backyard. <laughs> and I let it go back there and stand under it and enjoy that scent and memories and thankfulness and abiding in his love. But someday that tree will be gone. Maybe sooner than later. And it's okay, because why? Because I have the love of Jesus. It's not going to be gone. I will always abide in it. It will always be sweeter than the mimosa tree. As my Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. These things I have spoken to you. Jesus is saying, this is what I want you to have. Here is my gift. Abide in me and my love, and you will have it. It's an, abide is an interesting command here. It's kind of a command like, I have a gift, now take it. It's a gift. It's yours. Take it. It's a command to be safe, to be secure, and to savor the gift. Jesus wants us to be full, full of him, full of life, full of love, full of joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. You don't recognize that? That's the fruit of the Spirit from Galatians 5. All the things within God's love, all the things within abiding in Him, all the things that we have to be safe, secure, and savor forever. Yes, forever, not just starting today, but 
through our life. Yeah, yeah. Wonderful. Oh, that we could abide in his love and really have what he's offering. Well, we can. And it's really, it is really simple. I, I hope this has been simple for you because it is. Jesus left his disciples with something they didn't forget. John didn't forget it. He wrote it down. So there it is. And in closing, I'd like to mention two songs to maybe help you also remember. One of them is by Phil Kagey and Randy Stonehill, two of my favorite uh, Christian singers from the 80s. They had a duet together. They sang, and one of the phrases, one of the, uh, one of the uh, stanzas is, love is not the only thing, it's the best thing. I'd like that, the best thing. And then also one other song I want to remind you of, and that's the wonderful, beautiful children's song. Um, I don't know if Andrew knows, but Carl Barth said that was the totality of all theology. I mean, it's just amazing to hear Carl. I, you can ask Andrew who Carl Barth is. But anyways, as the theologian says, this is the song. You want to know what it's all about? Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong, they are weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me, for the Bible tells me so. And from the Bible today we hear that Jesus loves us. So let us take with us today those four famous last words of Jesus, abide in my love. Let's pray. Thank you, Father, for your love and for your son and making it uh, so clear. Help us, Jesus, because we get unclear and the world is, is always screaming and hounding and darkening our world. But, oh, Lord, how wonderful to know it. You lived so safe, so secure, so much savoring your Father's love, and we trust you to grow that in us, and we're going to need that. And now, Father, as we come to your table... And you offer us the bread and the juice. Father Jesus, Jesus, you offer us this as a wonderful reminder of what abiding in your love means. It means we, we receive your brokenness in your death. And Father, I ask that you would help us now prepare to receive. Help us. Lord, have, forgive us. We Forgive us what we won't give to you, what we won't release or what, what we've done that you need to fix. Forgive us and thank you for forgiving us, Lord. Thank you. So that now we come and we ask you to help us receive to the fullness of joy what you desired for us, to the fullness of joy this year, wonderful. Holy communion. In your name, amen. <clears throat> so now, as we're... Uh, Getting ready for communion. I'll give you time to open it up. Uh, I'm slow, so that way you get time to open it up and get your... Uh, and I think uh, Judah is in the back. He's got a tray. So is there anybody that didn't get a communion? Just so... And we just want to make sure if anybody didn't... Yeah, yeah. raise your hand. We'll get you one. No, oh, good. Everybody's ready. Thank you, Judah. Looks like they're ready. Everybody's ready. Wonderful. So here we have now... Lord, coming to us and giving us himself, we remember, this is my body, he said, broken for you. 
Ah, oh, let us give thanks that he, his body was broken, that ours need not be. And so we'll receive this now with thanks, the broken body of Jesus. And as well, the night before he died, he, he took the cup, he gave it to them and said, take, drink of this. This is my blood shed for you. For the forgiveness of sins, the new covenant. And now we have the cup of thanksgiving, really. The cup of death for Jesus, a cup of thanksgiving for us and for his abiding love. Let us receive with joy. Thank you, Father. Mm. Oh, Father, fill this place, fill us all with your love now and send us out. We are so thankful that we're so loved. <laughs> to your glory and to your name, amen.